Today on Locked on A's, we're talking about Dermis Garcia potentially being the A's starting first baseman on opening day. And then we're talking about the outings that Ken Waldachuk and J.P. Sears had with against the Texas Rangers earlier this week. And then we're going into win of the week. Currently, I'm recording it. It is 2-2 two two in the seventh inning between the A's and the Astros. I'm not expecting great things, but I will keep you updated and uh, keep this up to date for you guys. Dermis Garcia, again, he, he had home runs in back-to-back games, and now he has two RBI. He seems like the opening day guy. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on A's, stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 453 of the Locked on A's podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're talking about Dermis Garcia, J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, the future of the A's in 2023, question mark, also, maybe exclamation point, uh, and then we're going to be talking about win of the week. Uh, obviously, we're going to miss the McCullers start, but I'll let you guys know where I was standing on this, and I think that the A's surpassed what I thought they would do against Lance McCullers, so hey, so far, so good. Let's see how this game ends, but uh, before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's at Locked On A's on YouTube. Also, we're at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter, and if you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community. All you got to do is go to the community tab, search for Locked On A's, join us over there, pose a question, have a f- have, have, have some fun, throw a party, make some friends, have a good time over there. But uh, let's get into today's episode, and we're going to we're going to talk about the Texas series real quick because I wasn't able to record yesterday. Uh, baby nap times are a thing and uh, they suck. So I wasn't able to record yesterday. So I'm recording now late on Thursday and uh, the A's lost a heartbreaker to begin the Rangers series. We're going to start back on Tuesday. They lost a heartbreaker to begin the Rangers series and came back in the top of the ninth in the finale on Wednesday to win that game and finish the season eight and 11 against the Texas Rangers, all things considered, a two-game swing from last season to this season's record against the Rangers is not too bad. The Rangers went out and spent big money in free agency. They got Marcus Simeon. They got Corey Seager. They got John Gray. The A's traded away so many guys or just let guys walk uh, via free agency. And uh, also, while the A's are doing this, the Rangers are seeing some of their top draft picks that they've been getting while they've been bad reach the big leagues, and we're seeing the, the Josh Youngs and seeing what these guys can do. And so all, all, all of this is happening, and the A's dropped two extra games to the Texas Rangers. All things considered, not that bad, I gotta say. I mean, basically, the A's are spending 2022 trying to find guys at, that they're just giving opportunities to guys, and they're seeing who can make the most out of the opportunity that they're given and make their their claim for a 2023 roster spot. That's that's what this season has been. And uh, I, we're going to talk about one of those guys. And 
who's making the most of their opportunity in, what, 22 games so far? And that's Dermis Garcia, who homered in each of the two games in Texas. And in 21 games, heading into uh, Thursday's action, he was batting 291 with a 381 on base and a 963 OPS. He has four homers and 13 RBIs. He still has four homers, but he now has 15 RBIs. Uh, as of right now on Thursday, uh, after that two RBI single that he had against Lance McCullers. And uh, when he makes contact, the ball goes a long, long way. He has some tools that could be useful to a team that's not quite there yet. He he could, I don't know that he's going to be the answer, but could he be a guy? Sure. I don't, I haven't looked at it. Maybe I'll do this comparison a little bit later in the week, but maybe he's like a Chris, uh, a Chris Davis type where he, he can hit a bunch of home runs, he's going to strike out a bunch, and he's not going to play the best defense, but hey, maybe that's what we can get out of Dermis Garcia, and I'd have to look at the stats and see if, you know, Chris Davis was making more contact than Dermis is, because Dermis Garcia is striking out at roughly a 40% clip, which is a lot. That's that's Chris uh, Carter territory. That, that's a lot. That's more than Joey Gallo, and Joey Gallo you know, has some stuff. And the expected stats on Dermis Garcia are not great. I understand all of this. But right now, he is outperforming all of the metrics. Very small sample size, 21 games, 22 games, including Thursday. But uh, I haven't updated the batting average and the OPS and all that stuff. But he's he's driving in runs. He's hitting home runs. And also, uh, the reason why I tweeted out that I think that he could be the, the A's opening day first baseman is... There aren't a lot of guys necessarily pushing to be the A's first baseman in 2023 just yet. I know Tyler Soderstrom is on the way, but he has not played at AAA yet. Uh, you got Jordan Diaz, who's a very, very solid prospect. He's the A's number eight prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. And I think that he's he, he's been great. He's hitting 322 uh over the course of the season between double A and triple A, he's striking out 14.5% of the time. So maybe that goes up a little bit to like 20%, but that's still half of the percent that Dermis Garcia strikes out. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't walk a ton. He walks like four and a half percent of the time, but he's got some good, some great bat to ball skills. He doesn't quite have the power that I think Dermis Garcia has, but he's probably a guy that is going to get a look at some point in 2023. I don't know that he's going to be the opening day guy come 2023, unless he is on fire during spring training and Dermis Garcia is very cold. Maybe that that's definitely a possibility. There's also the possibility that Seth Brown is actually the, the opening day first baseman and Dermis Garcia is there, but they, they could do like a timeshare kind of thing or, you know, a platoon split where, uh, Seth Brown faces righties and going into the angels, you're probably going to be facing Otani. So he might get the opening day nod because of that. Uh, but maybe, they, they just are like, hey, Dermis, go do it. Go go show us what you got. You have this month. Show us that that was not a fluke and earn your spot. And I think that that's – I think that he's going to get some run in 2023, and why not to begin the season? Because he's ending the season very, very well. I know there's still three weeks left, but he's had a good time so far. He's doing just fine right now. And he's got – he's an RBI machine, as I tweeted out. He, he's doing – Everything that is being asked of him, I know that he's basically a fastball masher currently, and he's swinging through a lot of breaking balls and off-speed pitches, but th they keep throwing him fastballs, 
So for right now, he's doing great. Maybe he sucks next year and then he has to work on some stuff. But also, maybe he knows that he has to work on those things and he comes back and he's able to actually hit those pitches in spring training. And then we still see him being th this masher of a man, but also doing it against breaking balls and against changeups. And maybe that's what we're going to see. So uh, I think that I think that he's got a shot to be the opening day first baseman. Um, I, I know that Seth Brown is still there, and he's still getting some time, but I don't think Stephen Vogt's going to be on the team uh, next year. So those are the, the, the main guys right now that are getting first base playing time instead of him. And I don't know that Jordan Diaz is going to be ready just yet because he turned 22 just a month ago, so he's still very, very young, and he hasn't had a ton of time. He's had about a, had about a month in AAA or a month's worth of games in AAA. So uh, he's, he's not quite all the way there, but with a hot spring, he could be there. Maybe they do promote him at the age of 22 and see what he's got at the big league level. Um, and I, I do want to say that in a pretty similar sample size, Jordan Diaz has put up numbers that are on par uh, in, in AAA with the Diamondbacks' former top prospect, Alec Thomas, who is a few months older. Uh, Thomas had previously gotten some playing time in AAA in 2021, so in his brief stint this season was not his first go-around, uh, but he did have a 112 WRC plus compared to Jordan Diaz's 110. Uh, they strike out at nearly the same rate and had a pretty similar OPS, but uh, his walk rate was a little bit better. So maybe that's something that they want Jordan Diaz to to work on to start next season is getting, getting a few more walks, getting on base a little bit more in various ways. His bat to ball is going to be there, but can he work walks? Can he get on base in other ways as well? That is usually something that the A's like. So basically, all I'm saying is I know that Dermis Garcia has power. He has some swing in this. He, he may end up being Chris Carter at the end of this, but let's wait until he shows us that he can't do it before we just declare that he's not the answer and he's not the guy and we need to move on to the next guy. Let, 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 him, let him fail first. That, that's all I'm saying is let's let him fail before we declare that he's going to fail. And that's all that I'm asking here is let, let's see it because so far... He's putting up the numbers, he's making the contact, he's doing what he needs to do to have some regular playing time at the big league level. Let it keep going. L let's see what's happening. It's not like, you know, we're going to keep Tyler Soderstrom down because he's striking out at 40% up here at the big leagues with Dermis Garcia. So th that's all I'm saying is let's give him a let's give him some run. Let's see how the season finishes. Let's see how he's performing in spring training and have the job there for him or Jordan Diaz, maybe it's going to be competition, but uh, that, that's what I'm. That's all I'm saying here is, I think he's making a decent case, and I like Dermis Garcia. He's a good time, and uh, I am I am also the creator of the Dermy Lean, uh, the terrible Photoshop that I did with his his face on uh, Coco Chris's body with the words Dermy Lean on it. So hey, good times. But uh, that's all we got right there. Coming up, we're talking about Ken Waldachuk and J.P. Sears and their development in Texas. So stay locked in, you guys. Summer's winding down. The nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing getting stiff. That's right. 
This episode is brought to you by Bluetooth. Bluetooth is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. All you got to do is sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, the best part, is that it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. So if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code Locked On to receive your first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast and getting us ready for some A's baseball down the stretch. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B. And while we were on our little break, I, I looked over at the TV. It is now four to two Astros because Hoel Piamps uh, gave up some runs. Uh, Ledmus Diaz did some stuff. So it is four to two A's in the bottom of the seventh. I know that you're loving this live reaction to this game that happened probably yesterday by the time you're listening to this. But here we go. Locked on A's. <laughs> and now to continue with uh, that theme, let's talk about some games that happened a couple days ago. On Tuesday, Ken Waldachuk made his third career start, and I'd say that it was the worst start of his career so far. Uh, he went five innings pitched, gave up eight hits, five earned runs, walked one, and struck out six. Obviously, uh, it's nice that he only walked one, so that is a plus, but... Uh, the, the five runs and five innings isn't great, but he was also getting really hard, hit really hard the entire outing. And uh, it seemed like whenever the Rangers made contact, it was a double off or nearly off the wall. And that is not great. There was a lot of exit velocities over 100 miles an hour, like 106, 109, 110. And uh, that's that's not great. He was having a hard time locating his pitches is really what it was. He was living up in the zone a little bit too much, uh, I think. Uh, he, there was a slider that caught the outside edge against a righty that... Uh, that the, the, the batter was not excited about. I forget who the batter was, but it was for strike three, so that was nice. But also, yikes, don't throw a slider that high up in the zone. Those usually get crushed. So uh, that, that was the kind of night that Ken Waldachuk was having. Um, it, it seemed, I, I mean, I, I said that it seemed like all of these balls were getting hit off the wall and they, they went for doubles, and that's not really an exaggeration. I, I did the math. And the math, and it was just counting math, uh, six of the eight hits that he allowed were doubles. And one of them was a single, and the other one was a home run. So he gave up a lot of hard contact. Seven of the hits were for extra bases. That's definitely not something that you want to see. So for him to only give up five runs may have actually been good. Um, but uh, the big reason was... Waterchuck kept missing his spots and leaving pitches up on the zone that shouldn't be there, like that slider that I just mentioned. His changeup wasn't really fooling guys. He threw 12 overall, which seems low uh, for a guy that throws a fastball up in the zone a lot. You want to change, you you want to throw a changeup a little bit more to change speeds and you know get him off get him off of that fastball if you're going to be throwing it so much. But uh, he threw 12 overall. He got eight swings, zero misses on his changeup, which is something that. 
I'm keeping an eye on, I think. And uh, just one of those was called a strike. Uh, called a strike. I mean, some of them were fouled off or, you know, put in play. But only one of them was called a strike. So they were making contact on this pitch if it was a strike. Uh, and that's that's not great. You, you want to... You want to vary your pitches a little bit better, I think. And it seemed like he might have been a little bit too predictable on this day. Uh, three of the eight that were swung on were fouled off. And so four of the five were put in play for outs. That's not bad. They were making contact, but they were for outs. So that's a plus. But the fifth one was the Adolis Garcia double uh, that was 110 off the bat in the first. So if you can recall the Adolis Garcia at bat in the first inning of Tuesday's game, that's that was a changeup. Did he threw and uh, he, he he really creamed that one. Uh, Waddlechuck is a work in progress and he's going to be a work in progress next season too. I feel like what we what I've seen though is this guy that I'm excited to see develop more. He's gonna have to vary his pitches a little bit more. He's gonna have to hit his spots, but he he's got the tools and once he puts it together, I think that he can be a very effective pitcher for the A's for for a while. So uh, it. I enjoy watching that. I know that it's not always the best baseball to watch because, oh, we might lose a game. Ah, but it's still fun for me. So uh, there's that. As for Sears, he went four innings pitched on Wednesday. He gave up seven hits, five runs, walked one, and struck out three. The big blow against Sears was the Simeon home run and the second that made it four to one. Uh, it was a 93-mile-per-hour fastball at the top of the zone. So he was living right at the top of the, the strike zone there, but it was right down the middle of the plate. Uh, I said on Tuesday that the Rangers could be a tough matchup for J.P. Sears because they'd already seen J.P. Sears, and he's a guy that relies on deception, but they had seen him already. So he's going to have to work with that once teams see him a second or a third time, varying his looks, varying his approach, varying his timing, because that's how he's going to find success. And obviously he didn't have success on Wednesday, but let's see what happens. By no means am I happy that he had a poor outing, but I do think that this could be good for him to face some adversity in back-to-back starts, both against the White Sox and now against the Rangers, because if he can pull it together for one solid outing in the final few weeks, then I think that he's going to hit the ground running in 2023, and he's going to be a very solid pitcher. Obviously, there's going to be bumps along the um, along the road, but I I think that if he can figure it out before the season ends just a little bit because there's more tape on him now, people can, you know, see what he's doing to try and deceive them. I I think that if he can figure that out in the next few weeks, three weeks, let's say, um, I I think that he's going to have a very solid 2023. Couple of other notes here is uh, one I loved uh, in Tuesday's game. Christian Pache and Nick Allen drove home runs on Tuesday night. And uh, because if those two guys can get going, then that could really get this rebuild in motion because if you can get Christian Pache in center and then Ramon Laureano, if he's still around in right field, that's a that's a very nice outfield. And then you got Cody Thomas or whoever is Cal Stevenson, one of those two guys, or maybe somebody else uh, playing left field. Then all of a sudden you got a pretty decent defensive outfield and then you can work around some offense. And I think that the A's would probably have more uh, success in 2023 if they went more defense heavy than offense heavy because they got some interesting pitchers. They got some guys that can do the job. But if the A's defense isn't up to par, then I think that uh, they, they could struggle like they have in this year in, in 2022. But if they have a, a better defense, they might be not just throwing some games away like we've seen uh, later, on, later on in this season with some wild pitches and so, some other shenanigans that have been happening. So, uh, you know, just a thought is if those two guys can develop a little bit more at the plate, 
I'm excited for 2023. Also, uh, shout out to Fremont native Tyler Sear on his first big league win, and also to Colin Wiles on his big league debut with the Oakland A's. Shout out to both those guys. Uh, it's always fun when you see young guys getting getting their shot at the big league level. So congrats to both those guys. But coming up, we got win of the week. Uh, I didn't think that the A's would win Thursday, but I got a couple of wins for you guys this weekend. Who's it going to be against? Obviously, there's one guy that they're going to take down, but who's the other win going to come against? Let's talk about it. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the podcast and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review wherever you like to hear podcasts. Also, follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community and uh, pose a question. Make some friends. Have a good time in there because uh, it's a bunch of good people. But let's get into win of the week. Huh. So here's what I wrote for Thursday. I said that uh, it, it probably wasn't going to be a pretty game, and uh, it, it was two to two going into the seventh, and that was a lot better than I was thinking it would be. But uh, <laughs> the bullpen, Howell Piams, and also uh, Sam Mole, I believe, gave up another run. So it's now five to two. It's not looking great. Um, but yeah, here's what I wrote. Uh, McCullers made his return to the big leagues against the A's about a month ago, and he went six innings and gave up two hits. He did walk four, and walks have been an issue for him this season and also throughout his career. So if the A's can make him pay with some of those free passes, they have a shot. But if this follows the script that most McCullers games has, this one won't be pretty. And I mean, it, it hasn't been ugly necessarily, but it is starting to get away from the ace, so we'll see how this one finishes up. Um, I'm probably going to wrap up before the game, so hey, we'll all find out together, or you guys will know, and then I'll find out in between when this posts and when you guys hear it. So anyways, uh, Friday, Adrian Martinez, one of my favorites, the, one, the darling of Locked On A's, let's call him, uh, is going against Justin Ver Verlander, who is returning from the IL. Uh, there is nothing Nothing that I want more in this life than for Adrian Martinez, the patron saints of Locked On A's, to dance his changeup all over Houston on Friday and hand a loss to Justin Verlander. For the A's this season, this is the game to end all games. Beating Justin Verlander would just be so sweet. And, oh, he's coming back from injury. I don't care. He's got like a sub-2 ERA, like a 174 ERA on the season. Hang a loss on Justin Verlander. Get him back for 2012 and 2013 and just being him. <laughs> uh, I will also take a solid bounce back from Adrian Martinez in this one after the White Sox hung 14 hits on him just a few days ago. Uh, but really, though, uh, beat Justin Verlander. That I'm, I'm calling it. I'm wishing this. I'm willing this. Not wishing. I'm willing this into existence. The A's are going to beat Justin Verlander really to just uh, make everybody happy and uh, make, make 2022 just seem like it was a lot better season than it has been. So I think it's going to happen. It's it's going to happen. That That's a win for the A's. And then on Saturday, we got Cole Irvin going against Jose Urquidy. And now Urquidy, he's beatable. Um, he's made two starts against the A's, and he gave up three runs in each of them. He also has a 3.75 ERA this season, which is actually very high for the Astros staff. I know that uh, Lance McCullers has only made a few starts, but he's got like a 2.26 ERA now. Uh, Justin Verlander has a sub-2 ERA. Framber Valdez, who's starting on Sunday, he's got a real, like a 2.5 
these guys are ridiculous. And so having a guy like Jose Urquidy with a 375, which is still better than league average uh, ERA, yeah, he's the beatable one of the bunch. And for the most part, Cole Irvin has been pretty solid against Houston this season. In his first three starts, he gave up two runs twice and one run once. So that's very solid production from Cole Irvin. In his last start against them, he allowed five over six innings. Um, and so if I had to bet on one game that the A's would win this weekend, it would be the Saturday game, Cole Irvin going against Jose Urquidy. I think that that's their best chance of getting a win is that game. But uh, because I'm focusing so much of my energy in the Friday's game, also that one. So the, the, they're going to win two games. They're going to split this series with the Astros because Sunday, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you got Ken Waldachuk, who had, had his roughest start, I would say, of his big league career, and he's going against Frambert Valdez. Frambert has a 2.50 ERA on the season, and in two starts against the A's this season, he's thrown a complete game and allowed one run and eight innings and allowed two runs. So he's been re really good, and I don't know that Ken Waldachuk's going to be able to to match that. I mean, maybe he can. I would, I am here for a Ken Waldachuk breakout start and him, you know, putting his stamp on the Houston Astros and whatnot. But also, uh, Framber Valdez just seems to have the A's number. So, um, if you guys want to get a little bit sad before we get out of here, um, here are the A's pitchers that threw that the A's threw out there the, the last two games that they have actually hung a loss on Framber Valdez, uh, on August 8th. 2020, Frankie Montas started the game and went seven shutout innings, giving up just two hits. And then Jake Diekman relieved him and worked a scoreless inning. And then Liam Hendricks got the save. He allowed a run, but he, he got the save because he had a three-run lead. And then on October 1st, 2021, Sean Manaya got the start and was lifted for Jake Diekman, who gave way to use Mero Petit, who was followed by Diolas Guerra, who then gave way to uh, Lou Trevino, who closed it out. So that's uh, that's a lot of guys. The A's have had so much turnover the last couple of seasons. And ah, go A's! Good times. Yay, everything. Um, oh, and uh, in the game uh, in 2020, Marcus Simeon also hit a home run in that game. So uh, just, just remembering some guys, some A's legends from years past, year past. <laughs> so... Baseball gods willing, uh, the A's split this series and finished the season 8-11 and 11 against the Astros. They're currently 6-9. and nine. Looks like they're about to be 6-10 and 10 if they lose on Thursday. So hopefully they can finish up 8-11 and 11 against the Astros, which, as we talked about in the first segment, would be the same record that they have against the Texas Rangers. And so that would be an accomplishment in itself is to... I mean, obviously the Rangers made a bunch of improvements, but the, the Astros are still the Astros. And to hang tough with them in a season where not much is expected is an achievement, I would say. I know that they're a divisional foe and, you know, those can kind of go, you know, 50-50 or, you know, you play 500 against the division. And if you can beat up on one team, then great. But uh, the A's have not been that doormat for these teams. May I, I think that the Angels have actually gone like 11-4 against them, but I'll, I'll have to check on that as well. Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making Lockdown A's your first lesson of the day. Now, for your second lesson, go make Sully and Lockdown MLB your second lesson because 
Baseball expert Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him. Sully brings humor and passion and a unique perspective of handsomeness on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB. They're on the Odyssey app. They're on YouTube. And they're wherever you get podcasts. They're wherever you're listening to this here current podcast. So uh, subscribe to both of ours. Leave us five-star reviews. Have some fun. Uh, but that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time. Go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow.